on the third minute it was a lovely long high ball up towards the the right not to the right to right to right right. right. on the right absolutely i've got the hiccups now two seconds What make you a fright? The image that you gave me earlier on <laughs> gave me fright enough. <laughs> Couldn't resist that. <laughs> I hope you washed all those important little pieces, Dave. <laughs> certainly did. Certainly did. <laughs> I had the loof out, mate. Don't you worry. Oh, oh, no. Why did I go there? <laughs> and the stadium erupts in red, white and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the iReady podcast. As ever, I'm your host Derek and with me is my co-host Dave. How are you doing Dave? I'm very well Derek and I've just actually tuned in to find out the half-time score of the Slavia Prague Arsenal game. Absolutely fantastic. Get it right up in Slavia Prague. I hope Arsenal go on to get at least another three in the second half. Absolutely, you, you completely stole my line there, Dave. <laughs> to a word, you stole my line there. Get it up, them, and also leading in with the fact that we're getting beat as well. So exactly, brilliant yeah. stuff. Racism never prospers. So there you no. go. Fuck, fuck them. But yes, we've got a few bits and pieces to talk about. A couple of wins. Our unbeaten record is still intact, and uh, a lot of news to cover as well, Dave, haven't we? Excellent. Yes, let's go for it. Yeah, we're going to try and rush through it tonight. <laughs> So it'll be a five-hour podcast then. Exactly, yeah. yes. So as ever, we'll go down the tunnel and onto the pitch. Obviously, before we get into things, we've got to cover the, the sad passing of Prince Philip the other day as well. 99 years old, only a couple of months short of his 100th birthday. Um, just really, really sad. And it's not until you actually see all the tribute programmes, you see what a life the guy had and what a servant he was to this country. Exactly, Derek. I had a good idea of some of the things that he's done before, and, and, and notably the uh, you know the Duke of Edinburgh Awards as well, which was absolutely massive and has been for decades, giving young people you know throughout fantastic opportunities and stuff like that. So it's uh, he's been a fantastic servant to the nation and of course to the the Queen, and it's a, a very sort of sad time for the whole country. So. Uh, I can't really say much more than that, Derek. Uh, big, uh, his uh, f- funeral will be on Saturday. Uh, got to feel for the royal family as well. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly, uh, all around the country, all clubs held a minute silence before their game, which was impeccably observed. Well, except Run Club, obviously, and you guessed it. Even when their fans are not in the stadium, Celtic fans still disgrace themselves by letting off fireworks outside the ground when the minute silence was ongoing and posted it online too. So, just... Yeah. Just unbelievable, the greatest <laughs> fans in the world as always, eh? But um, police are investigating anyway, but I don't think they'll need to, to try too hard to no, figure out who it was. The the fact that you said that, Derek, that they actually posted it on social media when they were doing it is just, you know, again, it's exactly what we would expect for, for that mob, isn't it? So, uh, I absolutely disgraceful scenes there. But anyway, talking about us though, we go into the first game which is Sunday the 4th of April. It was a 4-0 win at home against Cove Rangers in the Scottish Cup third round. A bit of a formality, wasn't it? 
Certainly was Derek, but still a game. Uh, I think we were just all happy, you know, to see, to see a game getting played again, and you know the fact that we've got the you know the league wrapped up. This is a, you know another uh, big competition for us to try and win. So, you know, uh, an excellent performance is what we were looking for, and you know we got a, a fantastic result as well. Yeah, uh, obviously the added incentive was the fact that we'd be playing Celtic in the next round as well. <laughs> so. Um, uh, always a always a good thing. Seven changes from our last outing two weeks ago against Celtic. We lined up McLaughlin, Patterson, Goldson, Hellander, Bassey, Arfield, Davis, Kamara, Roof, Wright and Defoe. On the subs bench were McGregor, Simpson, Hadji, Itton, Kent, Aribo, Morella, Stewart and Balligan. So even though there were seven changes, still a bloody formidable side, wasn't it? Yeah, fantastic team to be able to put put out Derek and uh, great to see the likes of Jermaine Defoe in that playing again, uh, you know, because he's always always a threat regardless what opposition that we're playing against and uh, you know it was just as you say just a, an excellent team we could put out a team that we would strongly fancy beating vast majority clubs in Scotland so big big uh, difference for where we were even just two seasons ago isn't it so you know it's, it's, great, it's great to see and it's great that these uh, you know players are, are putting a challenge in and challenging the rest of the so-called first team you know to try and get in top team football yep on the third minute, a lovely long high ball up towards right, a good takedown, drove it towards the edge of the box, got the shot off and it deflected wide for the corner. Seventh minute, a quick break down the right, Patterson cuts back the ball back to the middle, Roof, who was running in, has a shot but wide. Tenth minute, there was a corner in, a bit of a pinball moment, Roof with a half volley off the inside of the left post and right into the arms of the keeper, unlucky that one there. However, we broke the deadlock on the 23rd minute with Defoe scoring and it was an absolute stunner. The Cove keeper kicks it up the park, comes to our player near the halfway line, a pass to Defoe, who has his back to goal from about 35 yards. A lovely touch to control and spin. He drove it forward 10 yards and a fantastic shot into the bottom left corner. He's been out for so long, only had bit parts of games in the last wee while, and he still can produce absolute magic like that. It shows you how, how much a quality player he is, Derek, regardless of his age. And as you say there, you know, the limited game time he got, as soon as he turned on that ball, you knew he was going to get a shot away, didn't you? And it was absolutely sensational. Brilliant golf. Great. I absolutely love Ed Defoe. I think he's fantastic and just absolutely delighted for him that he scored. And it was just an absolute belter of a goal as well. Brilliant. 28th minute Defoe was charging to pick up a loose ball in the box was under pressure and he hits it wide and then Dave do you remember what you text me just before this moment Derek I certainly do and I stand by what I text you as well because there's been quite a few times that you've been agreeing with me as well recently but you know you can uh, you can enlighten our listeners as to what happened yes between the 28th and 30th minute Dave says, I don't understand what Roof's doing. He's completely ineffective. Well, over the next two minutes, he scored two goals, didn't he, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> so please, Dave, if you've got the commentator's curse every time, please send me the exactly. type of text. Listen, I would be delighted to do it, Derek. Unfortunately, I've been sending you these texts quite a lot recently, and that's the only time that it's really came back to bite me in the arse, shall we say. So, uh, no, please, please, for Roof, I've got absolutely no uh, doubt that he's given it 100% and he's enjoying be- being here, but... Uh, I'm still not convinced, Derek. We'll, we'll, we'll put it that way. Before we get into his goals, I've just pulled up his stats here. Mm-hmm. 30 appearances, 14 goals. Okay. That's a, a goal every other game, pretty much. That's a good good record, Dave. Yep, it is, but I'm, just, I'm, still, I'm still not convinced, Derek. I'm not going to totally <laughs> slag the guy off, but... I'm just um, there's just there, there, there's something missing for me, Derek. There's something just no quite 
quite right there. But uh, no, as you say, stats wise, it sounds good, but it's just there's there's something that I'm still no a hundred percent about there. Well, we'll we'll try and change your mind in the next two <laughs> minutes here, because on the thirtieth minute he scored his first of the game to make it two 0 A cross in from the left by Defoe. Arfield picks up the ball at the edge of the box, hits a shot. The keeper saved it. Roof with the follow up, tapping it into the net. Just poachers instinct there. Uh, just unlucky from Arfield as well. It was a great shot. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then two minutes later, he made it three 0 and it was a lovely interplay between Patterson and right down the right. There we go, right down the right. Yep. Right into the box, cuts it across, roof running in and blasts it high into the net from close range. Again, just lovely charging in play there. Uh, great uh, striker awareness, but it was all about the play between Patterson and Wright as yeah. well. Yeah, fantastic. Yep. And we basically rounded out the game on the 43rd minute because Patterson made it 4-0. We were putting Cove under a lot of pressure near their box. They played the ball across their box at the 18-yard line. Patterson charges the defender down, nips the ball from him and shoots into the back of net. For a youngster, that's incredible. For a right-back, that's even better. That was just a stunning goal, I felt. Probably the goal of the game. Definitely, and it, it took some to be uh, to say that over the foes goal, Derek. But it was tremendous. He's uh, he's all round play. We'll talk about him at the end of the game, but it just seemed to grow and grow and grow until, in my opinion, by far the best man on the pitch, Derek. I thought he was absolutely sensational, and as you say, that's you know a couple of goals that he scored from us from sort of that uh, run. Down, down the right wing, you know, cutting into the box, and it was, as you say, just an absolutely fantastic finish. And he's just he's fully confident at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. So, delighted with that game was really overdone and dusted, even at one 0 To be honest, with no disrespect to Cove Rangers, they were playing a a, a club, you know, the champ, the newly crowned champions, yep. high, high on form, just outstanding team. Was never going to be in any doubt. Second half, we, we kind of thought there was going to be. A lot of goals like the first game, first half, but it never really came. And the game was a bit of a damp squib in the second half. It was. It turned into a bit of a training exercise, Derek, didn't it? It was still, uh, was still some some excellent interplay uh, between you know the, the two guys that you mentioned just before that, right? And Patterson, that you know the two of them for me sort of ran the game. But again, the, the pace really slowed. I don't know if the management were quite happy with that, just to make sure the players are getting through unscathed, you know, but keep keeping fitness levels up and things like that. I'm not sure if that, if that was the plan or not, or just the way that the, the game panned out. Yeah, absolutely. The only couple of things I've got to, to say about this, the second half is in the 45th minute, just at half time, Davis came off and had you on. He did pick up a booking in the first half and he had played, played two international games as well during the, the midweek. And uh, on the 53rd minute, it was a lovely 20-yard through ball to Defoe on the edge of the box. Takes it into the box, hits a shot but blocked by the keeper and knocked away. That was really the closest we came all, all half, to be honest. As you said, it was a training exercise. Yeah. A couple of subs, 62nd minute, roof off and at non 73rd minute default off and shoot on and that's how the game finished up yeah no as uh, you know a great result Derek and you know uh, even though the second half did slow down it was still a very professional performance and I thought like I said Wright had an excellent game a lot of people gave him man of the match but I thought that Patterson was you know the head and shoulders the best player on, on the pitch I thought he was tremendous throughout yeah, absolutely. So that put us into the next round, and as I said, that was against Celtic. So yeah. a good incentive. Yeah, definitely. Next game we've got to cover is on Sunday, the 11th of April. It was a 2 1 win at home against Hibs in the Premiership. 
Uh, before we start this game, obviously we've got to talk about the junior MyGears members were given a, a task to do and they drew the player pictures for the, the game as well. Some of them were absolutely amazing. <laughs> Roof in particular, as well as the egg for Gerard, just yeah. outstanding. Superb stuff, no, it was good, good, good to see. I, I thought at first, I, I, I wondered at first before I actually read what, what, what was going on, what, what had happened, that I'd went into the wrong uh, account or something like that, but then I saw exactly what happened, but uh, great touch by the club as well to get the, the younger fans involved, so well done with that one. Yeah, I mean, that's what my jails is all about, giving fans a wee bit of fun like that to do with the club have an interaction with them it's not something that we've ever done done before and especially getting the the youngsters involved as well that is what my years is about not yeah. about what you can get out of it about what we can include rangers fans in especially the young ones so the next time you're moaning about my years and what what points gets you just think about that if you've got any youngsters that are that are on it yeah definitely the game itself, though, we made five changes from the Cove game, as we kind of expected. There was also the one-minute silence and tribute to Prince Philip as well. We lined up McGregor, Patterson, Goldson, Hellander, Barisic, Aribo, Davis, Kamara, Roof, Kent and Morelis. On the subs bench were McLaughlin, Bassey, Simpson, Hadji, Itten, Zungu, Wright, Stewart and Arfield. I would say my only disappointment with that one is, is Wright never got his game. He dropped to the bench in this one. I think quite a lot of people were expecting him to play, Derek, considering how, how well he played in, in the last game. I realised that that sort of front three are probably Steven Gerrard's sort of first choice front three to put in there. There are guys, that, apart from Alfredo, that you can't know uh, play, but the, the, the other two being, you know, big uh, money signings he's made. So uh, I don't know if that's what, you know, he's, he's, he's wanting to try and get back to that. But certainly a lot of people really surprised that Wright wasn't involved, including myself, because I was I was really in, uh, looking forward to see him playing against, you know, much better op- opposition uh, than, you know, we played before. That's no, no disrespect to Cove, but uh, I, you know, I was quite surprised with that one. Yeah, so the first half overall it was a decent first half. We controlled a lot of it, but Hibs still were dangerous. I think the first half hour we played played very well, and then Hibs started coming back into it yeah. in the last ten fifteen minutes with a number of efforts going by by wide of the posts. But it's certainly dangerous there. We had a lot of possession in the early stages, couldn't do anything with it as the Hibs had packed the midfield as well, and they were trying to hit us in the break. Seventeenth minute, Kent with a shot from distance hit it, hit with pace, but it went well wide. Eighteenth minute, Hibs with a shot from distance it was on target but it was a trundle and didn't make trouble McGregor at all we had the ball in the back of the net in the 19th minute but it was ruled offside it was great play from Davis getting forward he played a great ball into the right hand side of the box for Morelos who collects the ball he has a shot it looked as if it was drifting wide Roof slides in and puts it into the back of the net Roof did however drift in the offside position so it was kind of unlucky that one there but the correct decision yep and I don't know what, what you've seen, but me and my dad both seen it as well, as it seemed to be that that spurred the players on. It was it looked as if they were angry, and then a minute later, they got the goal. On the 20th minute, Aribo made it 1-0. It was a cross in from the left, a bullet header by Roof, a great save from the keeper, but spilled, knocked to the edge of the box to Aribo, who dinks it one way, dinks it back to the right, and then passes to Patterson on the right. A lovely dink ball to Morellas just inside the box, who tries a snap cross. It was deflected back out to Aribo, who had a lovely volley into the right side past the keeper what control and what composure and what technique by Aribo there 
you've, you've, you've took the words right, right in my, my mouth there, Derek. It was all about technique because the ball was really high. It was a, a very acute angle as well. It had a split second for that ball to drop and the way that he was able to twist his body and hit the ball absolutely perfectly. It was a stunning goal, absolutely brilliant. Really pleased for a rebound because I think that he had sort of fallen away a wee bit in the past few games, and I thought he, you know, he was really back to top form and just an absolutely sensational goal to break the the scoring and get us on the score sheet. Just absolutely tremendous goal. Yep, absolutely. On the twenty seventh minute, Boyle for Hibbs goes down in the box. A yellow card was given for diving. I mean, for me, no chance it was a penalty, but no chance it was a dive either. I think it drew a bit of controversy and a bit of a split opinion on this one, but I didn't think it was a dive at all. What was your views, Dave? There was very minimal contact there, Derek. It definitely wasn't a penalty. It looked like a sort of fair challenge there, but you know there was slight contact, so it it, it did go down. Don't think he, he was he was maybe sort of over exaggerating the the contact that that was made. So uh, you know I, I was not really bothered. Derek, as long as the referee saw it, that it was there a penalty to them, then I was quite happy. But uh, no, exactly the same as you. I didn't. There was no way it was a penalty for me. No, I mean, I, I think the thing folk are saying that he didn't complain about the yellow cards, but he never actually claimed for the penalty either. No. And, the, and there's some players that just accept if a referee's given a decision, he's not going to change it. So there's no point actually arguing with him and blotting yeah. your copybook copy anymore. So. Yeah. But anyway, on the 38th minute, this is when Hibbs started to come back in. Yeah, they got a break. Uh, it was passed forward to the attacker who got between the defence, has a shot from the edge of the box, and just wide. McGregor was diving at full stretch as well. Just disappointing that getting the spaces through the back there. 40th minute, it was another shot from Hibbs at the edge of the box, just wide. McGregor, he did get his fingertips to it. He claimed he never, and after some industrial language heard on the TV, <laughs> you could tell he wasn't happy. Yeah, no, definitely. I would rather him be like that than just Aye. do that a shrinking violet. Yeah. So. Yep. And then that was half time. So certainly a wee bit to be concerned about towards the end of the half, but overall got to be very happy. One yeah. nil up in control for pretty yep. much the most of it. No, it was Derek. And I know that the, the Hibs were getting more on the ball, as you say, coming to the end of the game, but I was still, you know, really happy that we had sort of bossed the, the game, you know, as a whole at that point. And like I said before, please for a rebo because I feel that it's goal, you know, it's things like that that he needs to get his confidence boosted because he has been quite quiet for us in the past half half a dozen games. So delighted for him, great goal and, you know, one and a half time and, and, and looking to, to, to see out the game to try and kill it off in the second half. That's, that's all, all you can ask for. Yep. So, in the second half, no changes. On the 60th minute, Patterson down the right, passes to Rebo in the box, gets to the touchline, holds it up, cuts it back to Patterson, who had now drifted into the box, who has a shot, but it was well over the bar. And on the 62nd minute, we went 2 0 up with Kent scoring another absolutely brilliant goal from him, trademarked Kent. The ball passed to Kent on the right hand side, he cuts inside, he cuts inside again, he keeps going, and then unleashes a stunning shot into the bottom left corner. As I said, classic Kent, the only thing he never done is cut it back to the other side when he had the shot, but it didn't matter anyway because it was just perfectly executed. It was it's fantastic, Derek. His goals. I mean, he's, uh, he's he's done that, you know, all too often, hasn't he? You don't know if he's going to shoot for first first time or no. But as you say, actually, faint the man twice there. You know, he went, he had a shot, cut back, went to go have another shot, cut back, and then he absolutely battered it. And it was a tremendous then the accuracy in the shot as well. Absolutely sensational stuff. That's the reason that guy was brought in. That's the reason that, that we paid all that money for him. More times than not, he's been, you know, really effective for us and just, 
you know, t- tremendous. Two two nil up at that stage. Two fantastic goals, and it's it's moments like that that really give the team a lift, isn't it? When you get bits of magic like that, so you can see if everybody was well up for it for that point. So absolutely delighted. Yep, 69th minute, Hibbs into the box on the right-hand side, got in space and a shot with a big save from McGregor and eventually cleared, so certainly they weren't out of, out of it yet and we had to be, be very careful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 70th minute, Hibbs free kick from 25 yards up and over the wall, forcing McGregor to make the save out of the corner. It, I think it looked a bit more dramatic than it really was. The corner came in and the ball was bundled over, over the line, but a foul was given in any case. Yeah. And this is what was a this is a moment of controversy as well because Hibbs were claiming that certainly it should have stood and there was no foul. I can't remember much of the incident, but there was no much complaints at the time from from any team. To no. be honest, was there? No, there definitely wasn't. No. No. Um, seventy first minute, Morelos and Aribo off, Hadji and Arfield on. Seventy third minute, Hadji with a shot from distance, but well over. And in the seventy eighth minute, Hibbs drew a goal back and made it two one. Barisic gives the ball away on the right. Ball floated into the near post. Hibbs attacker gets a looping header to it and into the back of the post. A poor goal to lose. Really out of Definitely. nothing. Yeah. And Barisic again in the game, giving the ball away far too easy. Aye, really quite strange, Derek, for a guy who's usually so clinical, isn't he? He's so composed, his passing's usually at 100%, he usually looks so sure on the ball, even when he's defending as well, I know we're used to him getting down the wing and putting some great balls in, but but usually defence-wise, you know, he would never do anything like that. Here's hoping touch wood that that's a, you know a complete one off because it's something that you're just not not used to seeing and as you say really really poor by our standards considering the way the defence has been this season so I'm sure the defence and the manager are absolutely raging you know that the fact that we we gifted them the goal like that so uh, no that was that was really disappointing Derek. Yep, absolutely. 81st minute, Hadji with a free kick from 20 yards, skiffs off the underside of the wall who had jumped up. The keeper makes a dive and save and gathers it on the second attempt. And on the 89th minute, Roof and Davis off at Nanzungu on. And that's how the game ended up. So, delighted with the three points, still unbeaten. As you said, disappointed to lose a clean sheet there. But ultimately, Hibs never really uh, attacked us after that. So, all good. Yeah, no, it was uh, apart from that one, uh, you know, goal. Derek actually thought we, you know, we looked really solid as, as as a unit in there, and it was just very uncharacteristic, isn't it? That you know that we've done something like that. So, well, like I said, we'll put that down to being a one-off. I hope here's hoping that they're uh, completely focused for the certainly for the next game that's coming up. Don't make any silly mistakes, and I'm sure we'll be fine. Yep. So in the table we have played 34, won 29, drawn 5, lost 0, scored 80, conceded 11, goal difference plus 69 and we're on 92 points. 20 points ahead of Celtic still and 21 better goal difference. They clawed back some goal difference after their 6-0 win against Livingston which, you know, they've won, won a game emphatically, what they're first in ages and they think they're world beaters again. Definitely, so it's, yep, right. It's, mm-hmm. I love the overconfidence with, with that one there. Just of note as well, the 11 goals conceded um, that were still on track for the British record I think it is of the least amount of goals conceded in a season Chelsea hold the record just now, I think that was in 2003-2004 season and they only conceded 15 so four games to go, we'll see how, how that pans out, we yeah. obviously had a game against Celtic as well and we're playing the other teams in the, the top six so yeah. uh, certainly all to, all to play for that one Definitely, Derek, and it keeps these things. I mean, as I say, I know that 
that we've won the league, but it's it's good that we still have these games that we're desperate to win. Do, do you know what I mean? The fans are, are, are well up for it. That makes the players well, well up for it as well. So, you know, still a lot of foot, football left to be played and here's hoping. Touchwood. I mean, I know we'd rather that we, we, we got that Derek and we got the Scottish Cup, but as I say, we just need to remember how we were, you know, at the start, the sort of February time. We, we kept saying it one game at a time, Derek, eh? just concentrate on, on the next game, and that's what we've got to hope that the team do. Yep. So, talking of the next games, the next game is, as you alluded to, on Sunday the 18th of April at home against Celtic in the Scottish Cup round four it was meant to be the Saturday at 4pm however Prince Philip's funeral is kind of clashing with that one yep. even though it is at 12 o'clock the funeral I think it is um, it was just out of respect we moved the game yes. I think the other games are in the Scottish leagues are moving I think as well to 12 o'clock or something like that yes Certainly I think this, they are yep. the yep. English games yes. are yeah however that didn't stop the Sevco tweets mm. anyway you know moving the game out of respect nothing to do with Rangers or Celtic at all, it was not a decision made by the authorities. At Brian Celtic 1967 tweeted, Sevco using the death of Prince Philip to get their game postponed so Tav is back fit. Everyone top to bottom in this country is against us and don't ever fucking forget it. Shamrock, 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 shamrock. <laughs> get it, get it right up, yeah. That's, that's all I have to say. They really have got short memories, Derek. I don't know how many times in this podcast me and you have spoken about the absolute atrocity that they used to get the game postponed against us a few seasons back, and they used the death of a former player who wasn't playing for, for them at, at the time and had never played with any of the current playing staff at that point. They used that to get a game postponed when they had a load of injuries and suspensions. They've got a short memory, Derek. For us, absolutely nothing to do with it. Even though Tav's out, we have a, a deputy there that can step in who's more than capable to play there. So I've got no, no worries there. But as you say, just really, it's, it's pathetic and uh, get it right up them. I, I love it when they're getting wound up with things <laughs> like that, Derek. I really yep. do. Bobby Madden has been announced as the ref for that game as well. I mean, I don't know why people complain when a referee <laughs> gets announced because they're all shit. They're all as bad as each other. So. <laughs> but Derek, it's, it's, it's cinema making. I think we've just did so so many bad calls for each of these referees that it, it, it wouldn't matter who it was. And that that was my gut instinct there. As soon as you said Bobby Madden, I went, oh, for God's sake. I think it's just one of these things that could have been anybody exactly like, like what you said. But they're, uh, there is a few more. Uh, if, if it had been Clancy, I, I really do think I would have uh, been absolutely raging. So, uh, but I will just have to wait and see what happens. Saying that, I think uh, Brother Madden forgot the memo at the lodge the last time. So, the last time he, <laughs> he left us. So, we'll, we'll wait and see. <laughs> Uh, next game after that is Wednesday the 21st of April away to St Johnson in the Premiership. That's a 1900 kickoff. It was meant to be quarter to eight, but the both clubs asked for it to be 45 minutes early for some reason. So I don't know if that's okay. maybe travelling issues. I don't know. Mm, not sure. Yep, and then we play Celtic right after that on Sunday the 2nd of May at home um, against them in the Premiership, that's a midday kickoff. Wednesday the 12th of May away to Livingston, that's a 1945 kickoff. And as we've said, Saturday the 15th of May, the last game of the season if we don't get through to the, the Cup final, uh, that's against Aberdeen in the Premiership, that's a 12.30 kickoff, and that's Trophy Day. So, yes. Uh, a lot to play for, as you said. Definitely, yeah, lots to play for. Some, uh, some big games coming up, Derek. 
teams that we know will be really given a hundred percent against us uh, when we play them. So uh, I mean that's good. That's that's what what we want. Uh, we want our, our players to, to be tested and you know to come through and, and win every game. So there's no any excuses made. So bring it on. Yep. So. We've wrapped that up in fairly jig time, haven't we, Dave? Fantastic, yes. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners will be saying the same thing. <laughs> so we may as well batter on now and go into the classic match. And there it is. The final whistle's gone. Rangers have won the European Cup Winners' Cup. Dave, you've got a classic, classic match for us, haven't you? Derek, I have. And this is one a game that I had the privilege of being at even although it was at their stadium. But it's a game that I was 100% sure that we had covered because one of the goals in this game is probably my favourite goal of all time. And I know that we all have have our favourites. You know, we have the Davy Cooper free kick. We have, you know, goals scored by Ali McCoy against Leeds United, you know, you know goals. Even this season, the free, you know, the free kick that Tav scored into Dundee United and stuff like that. Some tremendous goals. But this goal for me, Derek, that I'll, I'll get into is probably the best goal that I've seen. It's one that I've watched umpteen times. And like I said, I was positive that we had covered this game and when I look back my list of classic matches I couldn't quite believe it and I had to get you to check it. It was the Scottish Cup match Derek which was played on the 5th of April 1998 and it was played at Celtic Park because Hamden was being renovated at the time. Rangers played a very sort of defensive formation in this game. The the team on the day was uh, Andy Gorham. We had Alec Clellan playing right Wing back with George Alberts playing left wing back, three centre halves, Goth, Petrich, and Bjorkland. Then in the midfield, Jonas Tern, Reno Gattuso, and Stuart McCall. So Gattuso and McCall, two, I, I would say, sort of ball winning midfielders in amongst that team as well. And then, of course, you had. Ali McCoyst up front, and he was partnered by Brian Loudrop. So it was a, you know, a, a sort of very strange team that was put out. Celtic team in that day was Gould, Boyd, Anone, Donnelly, Reaper, Stubbs, Larson, Burley, Bratback, Lambert and O'Donnell. Subs for Rangers that day, Lorenzo Amoruso, who was about to make his debut, had just been signed for the club. Gordon Jury and Marco Negri, just the three subs there. So early action for Rangers, as I say, Albert's playing on the left wing. He gets the ball on the left-hand side and puts in a fantastic cross for Ali McCoy at the back post. Mark Reaper gets his foot to it and puts it narrowly past his own goal out for the corner. Uh, corner came to nothing, but then straight up the, the other end, the chance for Donnelly, who was found in the box. He had a sort of cross shot, which was parried away by Andy Gorham. Fantastic saving and cleared by the Rangers defence. 11th minute, George Alberts plays Reno Gattuso through to the edge of the box. He shrugs off his man, gets a low shot, which goes just past the post to Jonathan Gould. So re- really unlucky there. And then a sort of half-hearted shot by Henrik Larson, but easily saved by Andy Gorham in the 13th minute. A couple of minutes after that, Tom Boyd with a snapshot, but well, well wide and over over the bar, high and wide there. 
And then in the 17th minute, again, Celtic with another chance. We're getting a lot, a lot of the ball across into the box. It's sort of held up for Henry Larson. He, he hits a shot, but a fantastic reaction save by Andy Gorham. And he puts the ball over the bar. Tremendous save by, by, by Gorham there. And then on the 19th minute, I just mentioned it before, but Lorenzo Amoruso was called into action early to make his debut for Rangers. Gordon Petrich is injured and Lorenzo Amoruso steps in for his debut and he was absolutely fantastic. I'll always remember it. It was tremendous. So for about the next sort of 15 minutes, both teams sort of feeling each other out. There, there wasn't really much to write home about. In the 35th minute, chance for Celtic as O'Donnell heads the ball across the face of the goal, but there's no one there to put the ball in. So Rangers got away with that one. So still nil nil. Uh, and then just before half time, Celtic with a great chance. O'Donnell, he shoots for the edge of the box. Great diving save by Gorham. It comes back to Simon Donnelly just to tap in, but a tremendous last-ditch tackle by Richard Goff right on there, gets his foot to it and manages to get the ball away to keep it nil-nil, so still. And that went into half-time. Celtic having more of the ball in the first half. I think Rangers, they weren't really getting Brian Loudrop on the ball much, but that was about to change in the second half. So, Starting off the second half, Celtic with a half chance there, Stubbs with a header from a corner, which was just wide. And then for about the next 15 minutes after that, Rangers really start to get into control of the game. They're getting the passing game going. Celtic were unable to get the you, you, you know the passing play. They were using Gattuso and uh, Stuart McCall really well to get in there, win the ball back. Celtic couldn't make more than two passes without them being tackled. And then a man who'd been very quiet in the game, Jonas Tern on the right-hand side, he runs into the Celtic half and a fantastic high pass to Brian Loudrop. He allowed the ball to bounce and struck. And it was a great save by Gould out for the corner. So that was maybe the wee start of, uh, you know, that we got to see about Brian Loudrop because he was now starting to get on the ball, given that free run down both wings. And then on the 65th minute, Brian Loudrop on the right-hand side puts the ball infield to George Alberts, who'd made that run for the left wing back. He hits a fantastic low shot, going for the bottom corner. Great save by Jonathan Gould, gets the ball away, so still nil-nil. Brian Loudrop again in the 71st minute, in his own half, he dinks the ball over his head and then runs at the defence. George Alberts overlaps again. The two of them get getting some joy now. He puts the ball over to George Alberts. He plays him in. George Alberts are expecting the net to burst, but it just fires his shot just wide there. So really unlucky. But we knew that something was happening. Rangers were getting more and more on the ball, more and more. Uh, we're getting Alberts and uh, Brian Loudrop involved. And then finally on the 75th minute, Rangers take the lead. This time it's Alberts on the chase. He's tested Celtic already once with a driven shot. This one's McCoy's. Well, if that is McCoy's to score. 1 0 to Rangers, and it's the old stager who's done it again for Walter Smith. How often has this man been the scourge of Celtic? Ali McCoy scores his 27th goal in an all firm derby. It's just the breakthrough that Rangers needed. After all the pressure that they've been under in this game, he may well have carried them to the cup final. Yeah, absolutely. There's wonderful striking from McCoy. He ran right across the face of the last defender. And a wonderful cross by uh, 
Albers was met by the head of George Alberts on the left wing. He puts in a fantastic cross into the six-yard box. It bounces up. The Celtic defender misses it, and who's there just waiting to pounce? Of course, it's Super Ali McCoy, so a diving header. He fires himself in there. Gets the header, bounces down, past the goalkeeper, into the net. Tremendous goal, fantastic cross by Brian Loudrop, and we really had knocked the stuffing out of Celtic at that point because they couldn't do anything against us. We were really going for it. And then a, a minute later, George Alberts getting on the ball again. He hits a curled shot to the edge of the box, just past the post. Really, you know, absolutely, really un unlucky there, just over. Then Amaruso, he gets the ball laid off to him. Now, we all know what Am Amaruso, he can strike a ball as well. And this was a sort of wee taster. 84th minute, Amaruso, he's, the ball's laid off to him by George Alberts. So he hits it for miles out, absolutely thunders it. The ball moves and then it's just a last-ditch save by Gould again and put away. So it was an absolutely sensational strike. And then 85th minute, Brian Loudrop picks up a loose ball, shoots and saved by the legs of Gould. Really unlucky there. Still 1-0 to Rangers. 88th minute. And this is a great break again from Albert. Loudrop to his right. McCoy's gone through the middle. He's not going to need any of them. He's going to go all the way. A magnificent goal from Albert. <laughs> what a splendid finish to a superb run from Albert. Rangers now surely in the final to give Walter Smith a great sign-off as their manager. Yeah, I mean, Alberts has had an outstanding game and this cut it all. What, what a goal. He gets this ball in his own half and he runs at least 40 yards with the ball. Past two, three Celtic defenders and what a finish that was. That's one of the best goals I've seen in a long, long time. George Alberts, this is what happens. Just It's, it's one of the goals you'll always remember. Eighth minute, Rangers get the second goal and wrap this game up. George Alberts gets the ball in his own half, gets it under control, and then just runs and runs and runs. He starts off on the left-hand side in his own half, runs basically diagonally across to the opposite side of the Celtic box, beats one man, beats another man, cuts into the box and then shoots the ball across his own body right into the top corner of the net. It's one of them, as I say, I keep saying, one of my favourite goals of all time. Absolutely sensational by George Alberts. Tremendous, you know, a goal worthy of winning any match. Simply sensational by George Alberts there. That made it 2-0. Celtic really couldn't, couldn't do much at that point, they knew the game was over, they were still trying to pull a goal back and they did manage it right at the depth of the game when uh, Burley pulled one back. Now Simon Donnelly, three players to his left, Burley! And Celtic at least have the consolation of a goal and there's no surprise that they want to get on with it. But it was all too little too late for Celtic Rangers in the last sort of 30-35 minutes of the second half. Absolutely tremendous. Brian Loudrop and George Alberts ran the show at that point and it was just a fantastic game for us. Playing that formation but still managing to make as many chances, it showed you the class that the likes of George Alberts was and we all know how good Brian Loudrop was. So I was there that night, really pleased that we managed to you know, to win that game. It was... A, it was Played at Celtic Park, I think uh, they'd sort of split or nearly split the 
the tickets down. Rangers got about 22,000 fans in the stadium and I was lucky enough to be one of them and it was just a night to remember for that goal by George Albert. It's just absolutely fantastic. I kind of had to laugh at you saying that they used Parkhead because Hamden was getting renovated. They were still building that fucking shit heap of Parkhead <laughs> exactly. at the time when the game was going on. Exactly, so. Derek, yep. No, but no. yeah, what, what a game. Um, just what a, a stunning goal, as you oh. said. One of the best. And there'll always be that iconic picture of McCoy celebrating and they've got the half-built Parkhead in the background. Yes, and the, kinda, yep. McCoy's almost like kinda in tears there as well. It was absolutely yeah. fantastic. So um, what a game. Unfortunately, the final never worked out quite so well, did it? No, it didn't, Derek. No, the same with that season as well, Derek. It didn't quite work out for us that season. And uh, you know, at that point, that had been you know the the first half of the season had been looking so promising with Marco Negri and stuff like that, as we've uh, sp- spoke about before. Uh, and then he got his uh, injury. <clears throat> as I should say, and uh, Ali McCoyst had stepped in for his sort of final swan song with, with the team and scored quite a few goals, but it, it wasn't to be. But even so, that game was fantastic and any victory against Celtic, especially at their stadium, is one to remember and that certainly was, especially for that goal that George Albert scored. Yeah, So a great match there. Hopefully it's got shades of uh, this, this game coming up as well. Definitely, yep. Yep. And we'll have another classic match in the next episode. So we'll go now into the news. So a fair, fair bit of news to cover, and it really mainly surrounds the one issue about yeah. the, the racism issue. UEFA took three weeks to announce that Cadella would be given a one-match ban pending a further investigation and would be investigating Kamara over his alleged assault on Cadella as well, which would see him getting a five-game ban. What had they been doing for the previous three weeks? So basically what they had done is had an investigation to see if they needed an investigation. Exactly, yep. I was exactly the same as you, Derek. I thought to myself, what on earth has been happening all this time? For them to come, you know, finally come away and, and to come away with that decision as well. It was absolute farce. Derek, we spoke about it in the last pod. We knew that it would probably end up being like that. But as I say, it's just, as you say, a complete and utter farce taking so long to come up with a decision like, like that. It's just, you know, what what the hell were, were they doing? You know, we still honestly don't know, but it's just, you've, you, you, you really do shake your head at that point because you don't know what, what to expect, uh, you know, when something like that comes out and, you know, you're, you're left completely flabbergasted. Yeah, I mean, that, that's only the first point, Dave. I mean, we've got a, a litany Aye, of posts no, no. here where you need to shake your head at. A week later, uh, so that's just a couple of days ago, they came back with Cadella is getting a 10-game ban and Kamara getting a 3-game ban. Now, Really surprised at the, that Cadella got anything at all, but it's clearly not enough. And for Kamara to get any sort of ban as well for standing up to racism is an absolute joke. Both the bans are a disgrace for the fact that Cadella should have been getting much, much longer and Kamara shouldn't be getting anything at all. And I would love to know what this apparent assault was for. Or was it a bit of pushing and shoving like what happens a lot in the tunnels between opposition players or was it a proper assault where he punched them? Now we know that he was playing the next game and we know that he got onto the team bus unaided, no apparent injuries as well. Yep. So what exactly was the assault? Exactly, yep, yep, completely. Um, 
And this is what makes it, again, even more farcical, is Cadella's ban is for the club Euro competitions and his country European games, whereas Kamara is only for his club games. So Cadella will miss the Euros, so fuck him for that. However, if the Czechs do well, you've got the potential for Cadella to be back in European competition for Slavia before Kamara is, yes. which mm-hmm. is beyond belief. Incredible, yep, totally. Um, ultimately I think the, the bottom line is UEFA clearly do not want to tackle racism and the fact that you can get a bigger fine when it's a commercial issue with the likes of using the wrong kind of under armour or telling a teammate you're <laughs> off to Spain and all they care about is really money yep. uh, obviously I think who was that Kieran Trippier got a 12 game ban for telling That's a teammate right, yep. he was off to Spain yep. and it would have violated betting regulations I mean what the fuck That's is incredible. that yep. until sponsors start pulling their money and pulling their sponsorship, nothing is going to happen because it's clear that UEFA only bother about money. The Champions League and the Europa League have got set sponsors and they take over all the sponsorship on the stadiums on match day. Maybe as fans, as a collective, we need to start boycotting these companies so that they'll lose money and they'll, then they'll threaten to lose their sponsorship with um, UEFA and that's maybe when UEFA will start to listen. Further proof that UEFA don't care is when Sky interviewed Alexei Sorokin, I think he is. Yes. He's the UEFA member of the FIFA Council who claimed that it was a waste of time criticising the length of Cadella's <laughs> suspension as it was correct. And he says there's usually both sides of criticism as some complain it's too long and others say it's too short. He said it in such an arrogant way that he totally. clearly... And- and laughed as well, Derek. He had a wee scoff as well when he was being questioned by, uh, you know, by, by the reporter from Sky. I've, I've, I've got to say in that point, though, Derek, Sky uh, Sky Sports have been fantastic through it all as well. They've really been been pushing as well. They've been a great sort of ally on, on this as well. They are really trying to put, push the message and, you know, the fact that, that they've done that. But as you say, the arrogance for the guy, the fact that he kind of scoffed as well, as if to say, well, you know, that's that's the that's the decision, that's it, end, end of, and I'm not going... Because he, he, he wasn't really there for answering any questions at all, Derek. It was extremely arrogant, exactly like what you said. I mean... He made out the two sides to the story. See, when you've got a proven racist, there's not two sides to it at all. That person is a racist fuck. There is no two sides to it. Now, bear in mind, and I'm not saying this Alexis Sorokin's a racist in the, in the slightest, but look at, the, look at where he was born. Look at the country he comes from. Look at the federation he represented. That was the Russian federation who've got their own major issues with racism. Yeah. That side of Europe and that side of the world don't seem to care about racism. And I think what we'll get into later on with the the, um, officials from the Czech Republic said, it's clear that that is the case. Rather bizarrely out of all of this, the Slavia chairman has apologised to Kamara and said that they accept the decision. Uh, Sorry, but anyone from that club can stick their apologies right up their shitbox as far as I'm concerned. That's that's bigger than Derek. Eh? That the, the fact that they were one hundred percent behind saying that it was us that was making all, all of this up for them to suddenly t- turn around and apologise. I you can stick it as exactly what you said, Derek. It's uh, absolutely pathetic. We we all knew exactly what was going on. They were so adamant that that wasn't the case. It was us that was being made, made it to be the liars, and you know for for them to finally come away with that sort of half-hearted apology it was just pathetic yeah I mean Cadell has apparently apologised but he still denies it and he denies <laughs> he made the racist comment like, well of course Incredible. he would wouldn't he Incredible. just an oh, absolute dear. scummy club no, with scummy is, players I, and scummy yeah. fans and talking about that though it's now 4-0 to Arsenal so get it right <laughs> up yous.
Excellent. This came out today as well. The head office for the President of the Czech Republic issued a response claiming that UEFA's 10-game ban was to just to fulfil the perverted expectations of a small group of activists. Pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. Basically, the President and the, the official representatives of that country is condoning racism there. What chance it's, have you got, Dave? No, you 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 really don't, Derek. It's it's always it's always been the same though. It's been the stance for their their supporters from their club for their officials from from everyone. It has been a you know we're completely innocent and we're apparently playing to to the crowd and trying to appease a you know a very small majority of folk. It's absolutely pathetic. It was clear what happened. They got called out on it, and they, as you said, Derek, before when you were talking about the guy from UEFA, it's it was the arrogance of them also from everything you know from from their players to their their staff to their their, their fans as well. The arrogance there that. Uh, it was all a lot of rubbish, and you know the the real villains of the piece here were, were was us, and it was you know Kamar Roof that I'm sure you're about to to, to comment as well, completely separate, and it was as if that was the main the main uh, incident that happened in the game, and everything else was getting brushed under the carpet. It's just, it was it was pathetic. It left a bad taste in the mouth, and it, it really you know it's uh, how. Uh, how a black player or a player of another race would ever want to go and play for that club? I've got absolutely, you know, no idea because they all knew exactly what happened, and you know, the defending of the players was quite, quite astonishing, Derek. It really was. If you actually think back at everything that happened, yeah, it's it's quite un- unbelievable. Uh, you know, they they really did go out to. You know, make out that everybody else was completely lying about the incident. It was uh, quite incredible. Yep. Along the same lines, Rangers stated that their players and management would boycott social media for seven days to make a point about social media companies' lack of efforts to target abuse. This is obviously after our players have been targeted with racist abuse since the Slavia game. So this is what I've I've always said when it comes to Celtic fans and the, the Celtic board. The Celtic board do it largely fuck all to, to hammer their fans like the Green Brigade about their pro-IRA stances. So ultimately the fans think they can get away with murder. This is what's happened with Slavia fans now. Because their club have basically came out and denied all knowledge of any racism rather than treat it seriously and like adults really, as their fans then went on a tirade against Roof and against Kamara yeah. and against all of our players like that. And obviously with Kamara's ITV interview, so it's made national news as well. And there was a clip of, of abuse that he was is given as well. Somebody sent him a voicemail of it. It's absolutely disgusting. And when clubs don't come down hard on their own fans, it makes fans think that they can do whatever they exactly. want. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and it's the same with social media companies. They've done largely fuck all with it. And we've apparently met with them, Facebook and Instagram, and held constructive talks over the matter. Uh, Rangers want to try and force through a a verification type thing, but will that stop it? Probably not. Not finished with the game yet, though, because you did allude to a few things as well. Yeah. We've been fined as a club, have been fined €9,000 for having five or more players booked in the game. And Roof has been hit with a four-game ban as they classed his accidental clash with the keeper as an assault. Incredible. I'm not sure how you can fine a club for something that happens in a run-of-the-mill contact sport during the course of the match, especially when you've got card-happy refs in Europe like you do. And as for Roof, 
we're not saying it wasn't a dangerous challenge. We're not saying he shouldn't be banned. Yep. It was a complete but, accident. I know they don't take that into account, no, now. I would have said it was a two, three games at most ban, but four is completely excessive. And when you're classing a tackle in a game, albeit a dangerous one, as assault, again, you've got nothing to go on. Another case of UEFA being absolute farcical. Derek, and the, the way that I looked at it, it was to appease their fans who basically were making out that that tackle was the worst thing that happened in the game, like I've said already. It was an accidental challenge. It was a dangerous challenge. The guy got sent off for it, for God's sake. Do you know what I mean? He was he was sent off. That was his punishment during the game. Their fans are, you know, making you know absolutely nothing of what happened with Kamara. That you know to them, I don't know if they just think that it's just not important. You know the, the, these things, and they were making out that that tackle was the worst thing that happened in the game. And that to me was it's as if the you know their club and their fans were being appeased by that happening and, and that was the, the decision that was given. Again, an absolute farce, exactly like what you said. I, I, honestly, it just it beggars belief, doesn't it? It really does. Yep. Um, so Rangers have said that they are going to they're seeking clarification with UEFA in relation to that because they are going to appeal both Kamara's ban yep. and Roof's ban. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens there. And t- tonight, Police Scotland apparently have said that they have submitted the report to the Proclator Fiscal in relation to the assault and racism. So I hope. <laughs> I mean, given the fact that UEFA have, have you know banned the two players and taken action, the the thresholds for criminal charges are completely different to what UEFA would do for a, a footballing, you know, punishment. So you can't take anything what UEFA have done as as what will happen in, in terms of the courts or anything like that. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I'll be amazed if anything happens with no. with with um, Kamara, to be honest, because certainly you could just go down the route of you know temporary insanity because of the fact that, or, or something like that, is temporary out of his mind because he was incensed about what happened and he, he blacked out. Not condoning violence at all, but put yourself uh, or your, exactly. any of your family members in that position. Exactly, How would you react? Derek. Exactly. A hundred percent there. Again, like you, Derek, I'm not condoning anything like that, but due to what happened. But again, it's, it's the whole thing. I, I keep saying it. It's swept under the carpet. Their fans and their officials and their coaching staff, according to them, these things were more serious than the racism was against Kamara. They, they saw everything else as being much more serious than that. And that says a lot, in my opinion, Derek. I mean, does that not strike you that it, it, was, it was just a, oh, well, you know, that never happened. But they just, they, they never seemed to be alarmed by, you know, these accusations and everything that happened. They were, sweet my under the carpet, straight, straight away firing back with the fact that they were saying that Ruth had assaulted their player and, and Kamara had assaulted their player and thing. It's, it's as if, you know, in their mindset, that is a lot more serious than what had happened. And that, to me, is really worrying. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll, we'll see what kind of transpires with, with this and the, the appeals. Still not off... Uh, certain issues with clubs as Hibs have been let off with a warning over Irvin Welsh's comments about macheting Morelos any bits and sending them back to Colombia. Yeah. I'm not sure any of us were expecting anything to happen, no. to be honest. And I'm, to be honest, I'm really not sure how you can hold the club accountable for what no. is said by an idiot. Then again, when you bring a known idiot in, there's go- he's going to say idiotic yeah. things. So. Uh, I mean, this. 
there's no much more you can say about it, Derek. It was, uh, again, trying to make out that it was funny for a, a certain audience and st- stuff like that. So, if anything, Hibs TV, I'll not have them back on again, and quite rightly so. They shouldn't have anything like that but back on. Hopefully, they've been burnt by it, you know, and it'll go back to being pu- purely about f- football. But again, he, he, tried, he tried to be smart, Derek. It was in very bad taste, and he was made out to look like the complete plonker that we all know he is. Yep. Bit of more happier news now though is Alan McGregor has signed a 12 month extension to his deal that sees him stayed until the end of next season so absolutely brilliant he's been immense again this season it's just a shame for, for McLaughlin as well because he's been immense <laughs> every a, time he's came on as well That's what I was about to say he's probably the only person that's not delighted <laughs> Derek but you know what, what can you say he's defying all odds he's been absolutely sensational again especially this season uh, both uh, in Europe and domestically and I bet you uh, national manager was uh, would be hoping and praying that he, you know, he, he, he didn't retire either because he's certainly by far the best Scottish goalkeeper by quite some considerable distance as well. So, no, absolutely delighted for him. Keep, keeps him in the team, but as you say, nail up for John, John McLaughlin, but I'm sure his time will come at one point. Yep. Leon Balligan has also extended his deal yep. for the same length of time as well, so Excellent. that's fantastic. Yes. Next thing, £5.5 million worth of shares have been issued and bought by the Three Bears, I believe. So that's bridging the funding gap we've got. Yeah. So always good to see there. No debts is what the, the you know the orcs keep telling us we've got. Exactly, yes. Yep. Next thing here, which is a bit hilarious, to be honest, the COVID-5 each got a six-game ban with two games suspended. I think we said that in the last pod. Yeah. And we're appealing it. Um, <laughs> so Gerard stated that he got the ban when all the facts and circumstances were not known. He alluded to other discrepancies, such as the Dubai debacle with Celtic uh, not being looked into, as well as the fact that Patterson is a very top talent and will affect his Scotland chances as well. Um, that was a bit of a strange comment. It was just kind of taken out of context as well. Uh, I initially thought the ban was strange given the fact that it was less than Jones and Edmondson got but I, I felt fair enough however Rangers have clearly got a point when the fact that Ball and Golly left the country came back and trained without telling anyone and they got fuck all banned basically and then obviously the Dubai issues especially with Duffy leaving the Celtic bubble there and then yeah. he played the very next game so it's a good bit of shithousery if nothing else mm-hmm. Tavernier's still injured so it means that Patterson can play the hearing is going to be held on the 20th of April, so that's after the Celtic Cup game. Celtic and John Kennedy clearly are shitting it that the fact they've got to play against uh, Patterson as they're questioning the delay and claiming inconsistencies in the process as they got hammered for ball and golly. Well, no, they really never. No. He also fucked off right after he's got his small ban and he went on loan. So I don't know if that's a case of that the, the ban counts for when he's out on loan or only when he's actually registered as a Celtic player full-time. They're also now questioning the inconsistencies. Well, why did they vote against our investigation <laughs> into procedures last summer then if they're questioning the same thing that we, we already highlighted? And John Kennedy's also made this bizarre claim that Celtic are still the best team in Scotland. Okay. Yeah. As uh, as Rangers are sitting undefeated in the league, Derek only have eleven goals conceded and have wrapped up the league in record time. So I we can see his logic there, surely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's clearly playing up to the fans and the board so they can get oh, the job. But certainly. Yes, exactly here. I mean, that's the thing is they think he's world beaters, and that's why you see at the weekend. Obviously, we'll be disappointed if if we go out the cup to them, but at the same time. 
it'll do the world a good for, for his job chances as well. So there is a silver line in it if we, we don't get the result we're looking for. But in terms of his comments, Gerard hit back perfectly and he said that we don't control when the hearings are held. I agree with John on the inconsistencies from the SFA. I feel his pain. If I was John, I'd be frustrated too if good players were available to play against my team. Yeah, exactly. Um, we were really strong with punishments for the lads. I don't see any consistency with the outcome of the bans compared to previous situations. In Dubai, social distancing rules were clearly broken mm. and nothing was done. It seems the SFA are guessing with their punishments. Yes. Celtic then went on to do their usual when they play the victim. They're seeking clarification from the SFA. Yeah. Utterly pathetic and we've absolutely broken them, haven't we? It's really Derek, but I mean, we, we we could we could have scripted that note, you know, from them straight straight away. It's uh, it's it's great that Stephen Gerrard spoke out. I, I really I, I really like that because there was nothing that, that they could come back with there, being completely honest there. But you know, quite right. It's played in, in, into our favour for once. You know that that we're able still to play. Patterson in the game because the way that the guy's been playing Derek he's been absolutely sensational I've been so impressed with him we all knew that he was you know a, a good young player but he just seems to be getting better and better he looks so confident and it's just great to have him back for that game because I've been hearing a lot about the fact that Celtic have got the likes of James Forrest and that coming back but with the young lad Patterson again touch wood I didn't want to jinx him but I just I, I, I just feel that we play so much better when he's there a great replacement for Tav you know when he's there because I would really be quite worried if Tav came back and he wasn't fully 100% fit for that game so just did delighted that we've got a young man of such fantastic ability to play in the game for us yep absolutely Next thing here is we've applied to cut a few hundred parking spaces off the Albion, Albion yeah. car park. Relates to us building the new Ed, Edmonston house and partially funding it by selling off part of the car park. Uh, yep. We've stated that we'll provide alternative parking on various locations elsewhere. Of course, the locals are up in arms claiming yeah. that it's a nightmare on match day as it is. Now, two things on this one. I believe that the plans have already been submitted for housing on derelict ground and part of the Albion car park that will be sold. So it's only likely going to get worse the park car parking yeah. anyway. Definitely. And secondly, the stadium has been there for nearly a hundred years. Don't fucking live next to a venue that's got fifty thousand people at it every other week, you fucking plums. <laughs> it's the same with people that live in town centres, Derek, that'll make complaints to the council about noise and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Oh. It's like for fuck's sake, look, look, look where you live for God's sake. But you know, it's it's inevitable, Derek, and. Uh, you know, it's it's one of these things. I don't know what's going to happen there if it's going to get you know accepted or not. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, I think um, certainly I can't imagine that anything won't get accepted. But at the same time, I do believe that there's obviously there's still ongoing issues with um, restriction around Ibrox with parking anyway. So I don't know if yeah. that will will play into it. So yeah. as you said, we'll see what happens. And next piece of news here is, Dave, I know it means nothing to you, but I'm signing up for this tour as soon as it's opening back up because Drew McIntyre followed up on his words and he's uh, delivered a WWE title and it's getting put in the, the trophy room. Absolutely incredible. 
I know, Derek, it really doesn't mean anything to me, but I know uh, yourself and, of course, uh, podcast friend Ewan, who, uh, you know, used to be a wrestler himself. It's big news for, for you guys that are, that are writing it. Like I said before, Derek, it's, it's great that, you know, we're getting extra coverage, you know, from a fan base all, all over the world, and he's done that, and it will raise awareness for, for the club and something completely different in the trophy room as well, isn't it? So, you know, we've got a few strange tr- trophies in there, but that's certainly one that uh, I don't think there'll, I don't think there'll be a, a trophy like that in another t- trophy room for any f- football club in the world. Maybe a first for, for Rangers to have a wrestling trophy <laughs> amongst all that as well. So, no, great to see Derek, and as you say, the guy, you know, you know, came good on, on, on his word as well. So, well done. It kind of drew a bit of a a mainly positive reaction, a few bad reactions though, saying that, well, wrestling's tacky, it should be maybe hung up in the training facility rather than in actually the trophy room, but I think people are maybe forgetting we've got lots of, as you said, various different things in there that's, that's not football related at all, we've got a fucking bicycle in there for god's sake yep. but it's there because there's a story behind it exactly, re- yep. linked to the club mm-hmm. which is exactly what this is so yep. it's it's another fantastic mem- piece of memorabilia at the end of the yep. day it's a fantastic gift as well so keep them coming drew <laughs> exactly yeah intercontinental one next please i don't know what that means but i'll agree with you derek all right <laughs> <laughs> Next thing, it's been confirmed that fans will be allowed into Hamden for the Euro fixtures, only around, I think, twelve or 15,000, I think, as well. There's a very limited amount of uh, home fans going to get to go in, so as usual, prawn sandwich munchers will, will get yeah. a majority of the tickets. However, the same courtesy cannot be extended to the Scottish Cup final, as it's claimed that preparation for Euro 2020 games will be taking place there. Utter bollocks yep. from the SFA in this one. Simple solution is move it to Ibrox or Parkhead. Yep, no, so, so simple, Derek, and it would be a fantastic way for, for them to test how it's going to work. I, I had a feeling that it wouldn't be, Derek. I, I had a feeling that they would find some excuse not to do it. it. It feels like we're being pushed constantly back. And I think the whole thing with the Euros has been done through made, you know, mega gritty teeth that the powers that be have allowed this to happen. I think the pressure that they've had from the rest of Europe and from down south to make sure that there's fans in there for the, the, the championships. That's the only reason that it's been allowed. Again, it just shows that uh, you know that the, the f- football is, is is put very very low on on their priorities, especially when we know that you know things are the you know numbers for the virus are have plummeted and you know the success rate of the vaccine rollout and everything. It's quite incredible. It was the perfect op- opportunity to trial it to get a trial run going with fans in the stadium to see how it worked, rather than them hoping that it's going to be all right on the day for a major tournament, you know, a major finals to be. But, you know, I wasn't surprised at all. It was it was a great op- opportunity, but no, they'll not do it in Scotland. And it's just been pure pressure by Europe and by down south to make sure that, you know, the stadium's open in, in, in Scotland. And I think that's the only reason that they've allowed it. I mean, here's the daft thing as well, is had COVID not happened, under normal circumstances, the Scottish Cup final would have happened anyway with full amount of fans, and very shortly after, the Euros would have happened, so I cannot fathom what extra preparation he's done that, that prevents fans getting into the stadium, but as usual, SFA. Yeah. Uh, Last piece of Rangers news here is the dates for the Champions League qualifiers have been confirmed. Rangers go in at the third round, so a two-legged affair on the 3rd and 4th of August and then on the 10th of August and then through to the playoffs, which is the 17th to 18th August and then the 24th, 25th of August. 
This is the good thing, though, is should we fail to get past the third round, we drop into the Europa League playoffs. Should we fail to win the playoff in the Europa League, then we go straight into the group stages of the new new Europa Conference group stage. So All it's right. guaranteed European football either way you see it. Obviously, we want to get through the Champions League for the, the financial yeah, we'll aspect be, of it. We'll be in the Champions League, mate. Keep the faith. We'll, yeah. we'll be there. It's, it's a, bit, a bit of hope, anyway. Yep. Next couple of last piece of football news here is Ian Murray was on Sports Sound and I believe the discussion was around the Colts team and our push to get them in the league. Mm-hmm. And he, he came away with, if Rangers want to improve young players so much, why don't they give Patterson to Hibs or Hearts and don't ask for any money? <laughs> yeah, no bother. <laughs> this is the level of punditry we've got in this Oh country. my God. God, I know, you know, probably the best young player in Scotland and we'll give him away just to, to hips or hearts, just just for a laugh. <laughs> I, I honestly wonder about folk, I really do. Unbelievable. And this really could be the last story because it's absolutely comical. Right. Alan Thompson, is, he's not content oh. with trying to flog a jacket on Twitter. Oh my God. He put a seemingly drunken late night post up of a picture when he stuck the heathen Lovencrans and Lovencrans made a meal of it. And there was a caption of someone calling Lovencrans a coward. And he put lots of hashtags as well. Now, I don't know what the best bit of this is. The fact that he's still hurting I know. about... I know. About, I, I know what the best bit is, Derek. Yeah. I hope you're going to say it right. Well, I don't know if it's the fact that he's still hurting about an instant 16 years yep. ago. Or the fact that it was completely, absolute no relevance to just now at all. Or the fact that he put hashtag out of my place. No, that, that is up there, Derek. That, that is up there, right? With uh, Dean Windass sending a message to himself on Twitter and replying to it. That's... <laughs> Hashtag Ali McCoy. McCoy. That was an absolute, honestly, I was wetting myself laughing. As you say, a guy pissed, still bitter, and has absolutely no clue how Twitter Twitter works. It was absolutely brilliant. Hashtag Ali McCoy. I'm so glad you brought that up. It was brilliant. Absolutely hilarious. That was a great comedy moment there. Thanks very much, Alan. You really did make our night there. You really did. So, (laughs) man who divorced sex doll wife, now (laughs) in a thruple with a new doll he considers a sister. Derek, this isn't inflatable Ingrid, is it? It's not, and he's not even a Celtic fan either with the Celtic sister like you. Yuri Tolchko is no stranger to pushing mm-hmm. people's boundaries due to his unconventional <laughs> relationship setup. The bodybuilder from Kazakhstan has revealed he is now in a thruple with two sex dolls, one who he claims is, his, is a half chicken and the other he considers his sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. The burly oh, man oh, unveiled yeah. his latest addition to his harem and many people pointed out that the shock that she looked incredibly young. He apologised to his tens of thousands of followers and ensured she is of legal sex doll age and welcomed <laughs> her to the world. 
<laughs> oh my god, right. He went on to say that, so most of you suggested giving her the name Luna. I decided to heed your advice and I will call her Luna. And also some of you thought she was young, a teenager, he said. Although Luna is an adult, she just looks like that because she's Asian and many Asian girls are so very young. <laughs> oh my god, I do want to know. <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> How it possibly could get worse after that, but it <laughs> The world was only just coming to grips with Yuri's new partner, Lola, and now we've been introduced to someone else. Lola made her big debut last month when Yuri uploaded <laughs> debut. Uh, uploaded a mildly NSFW video oh. of the pair getting rather intimate. He told his followers, Lola has a woman's head and a chicken's body. The needle <laughs> has depth and can be used as a vagina and a penis inserted into it. <laughs> I'll show you this one day, he says. <laughs> I identify her oh, as a what? massive chicken. <laughs> Derek, I'm worried. I'm, I'm worried about the story and I'm worried about where you find... I, I've said it umpteen times, but I think you've maybe actually... You've, you, you've maybe actually topped the stories here and I, it's just to, to find out where you get these stories from. I've got absolutely no idea. Oh, my God. Sources, Dave, sources. It's <laughs> no sources, that's sick. <laughs> oh, so, dear, dear. On that note, we will end oh, the podcast. Oh, God. Right. <sighs> so, it came to my attention the other day when I actually checked the website <laughs> looking for Dave's classic match to just make sure he hadn't done it before. Uh, that yep, yep. I'm about eight or nine episodes behind in updating our website, which is iReadyPodcast.wordpress.com. So, I will get round to that at some point, but. You can go out and check all of our stuff that they do, minus the last maybe about three months worth of podcasts and <laughs> and uh, cl- uh, match reactions. So I know. I, I mean, you've no missed much. Just the fact that we've won the league title for the first time in like ten years. You know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. So. We've got a, a few games, obviously, to cover in the next next podcast. Well, I don't know when that will be. Maybe next week or the week after, yeah. certainly. Um, but certainly all to play for at the weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, looking forward to it, Derek. I'm looking for a big performance from the players. And, uh, you know, good luck. And uh, let's go and get the next round of the cup as well. I, I want the double, Derek. Yep, so do I. Right, thanks for listening and goodbye. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. And the stadium erupts in red, white and blue. You've never seen anything.